The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. and personal with some of your favorite female porn stars on In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, In Bed showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular female performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, May 13th. 2015. Listeners, please welcome our special guest, fan favorite, multiple award-winning and nominated porn starlet, Triple X Triple Crown winner, the 2015 AVN Award winner for Female Performer of the Year, the 2015 XRCO Award winner for Female Performer of the Year, and the 2015 XBiz Award winner for Female Performer of the Year, Annika Albright. Welcome to the show, Annika. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm super excited to get the chance to speak with you. You are the woman that has been on, this is going to sound kind of nasty, but you've been on everyone's tongues recently because everyone's <laughs> talking about you. Everyone seems to really love and support the work that you're doing. And I mean, come on, you know, you won three of the biggest, most prestigious awards in the adult industry you know, just incredible awards that you've been winning. Not only not only like the major yeah. ones, but also I mean you've always can seem to consistently be nominated and um and win uh, scenes for as far as sorry, win awards as far as like your scenes that you've done in the industry. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh it's been quite a ride. I I mean it's it's amazing to to have come this far in the industry. And, you know, when I when I first came in and in 2000 and uh, actually into 2011, I I didn't think I'd be in this long, and I certainly didn't think I'd I would have achieved this much. So um, it's it's been quite an honor. They they say that that's a pretty rare occurrence. So um, I guess I'm the third person ever to win that, which is which is really really quite an honor. To, to win that Triple Crown. <laughs> exactly. You did win the Triple Crown, as you mentioned. Another thing that's quite unique about the wins this year in particular is because your husband won Male Performer of the Year at uh, AVN and XRCO, which that's a unique feat in and of itself as well for a married <laughs> couple to win Performers of the Year at these uh, prestigious yeah. awards. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. I'm so happy to share the, the throne with my husband. I think, you know, he definitely deserves it and I would definitely want more to share it with him and still <laughs> anybody else. Exactly. So major kudos and congratulations once again. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, let's step into the boudoir and typically at the start of these uh, interviews I like to get physical stats out the way. So how old okay. are you? I'm 26. What's your height and weight? 5'11". 
I'm 5'6 and 125. What are your measurements? I'm a 34, 26, 39. Not bad. Annika has a badonkadonk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just own it. It's the truth. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a, a big thing about me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which we all approve of. What's your ethnic background? I'm Danish, French, Czech, and German. Not so bad. a little bit of everything, but uh, I'm I'm third generation Danish, so I guess that's the closest. <laughs> You're like a, a mini European uh, United Nations. Yes, and I guess now I'm Austrian through marriage. So there you go. On there too. <laughs> slowly, slowly conquering uh, Europe. I am basically. <laughs> and what's your zodiac sign? Um, I'm a Leo. Very cool. So let's get to know the woman behind the performer. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from, um, well, I grew up most of my childhood in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And um, then moved out to California with my family when I was a a teenager. So I've I've lived out here for quite a while now, probably uh, 15 years now. So I'm I'm pretty much a native. (laughs) That's what's up. So can you share with the listeners a bit about what life was like growing up for you? What were you like as a child, as a teenager? Um, I was very imaginative. I would always, um, I guess I, I loved to, I loved to, I loved to play with my friends, but I also loved to be by myself and just play, play for hours on end and pretend I was like sailing different worlds or, you know, trekking through the jungle, discovering crazy new animals. I was, I always had a very big imagination as a child. And I also played lots of sports. I did track and field as well as basketball and volleyball. I'd actually been playing basketball since I was six years old. So Um, (laughs) it was really, it was actually a really nice to to grow up playing sports. I think I, I would have to owe Oh, my backside to to the basketball and track part of my childhood, and uh, I also grew up playing the flute as well. That's what's up. Very um, cool. So, and I was a Girl Scout. <laughs> so awesome. With their body Girl Scout fantasies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I sold cookies, and now I sell my cookies. I kind of, you know, you just trade around a little bit. <laughs> the circle of life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, speaking of Girl Scout cookies, what was your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Oh my God, everybody's favorite. And then that, and then Samoas came in second to that. Not bad. I'm a Samoa fan. Those are my favorite. Mm-hmm. So good. So, what was going on with your life prior to entering the adult industry? What was going on in your early twenties? Um, I was a student and I was actually going to school for biotechnology and so I interned at uh, various you know science companies and I also did a little bit of of, uh, waitressing as well and on the side I did some promotional modeling on top of that so kind of kind of just dabbling in a little bit of everything I, I really like science has always been my passion and the health field. So it's something I've always involved myself in, whether it's through volunteering or just trying to get, you know, work hours for school credit. 
And then, um, you know, of course, making the money on the side of, you know, I was doing waitressing and, and modeling. Very nice. Uh, I love yeah. that you were a biotechnology major. I think that's fucking amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I was a bio major, not biotechnology, but... Uh, oh, I was... no, I was I was a bio major, too, but biotech was the direction I was going. Okay, awesome. Mine was pre-dental, yeah. but uh, oh, then nice. I sort of fell into this, and uh, it's been going pretty well. <laughs> yeah, so I can't kinda, complain. this is kind of how it happens, right? <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about how it happened for you. How exactly did you make the transition from being in school, biotechnology, bio major, and waitressing, and all of a sudden entering the adult industry. How exactly did you enter the business? Well, I considered it for quite some time. I was always a, a big fan of the adult industry. Even when I was a kid and I didn't know what porn was, I had seen pictures of, of naked women in magazines, and I knew that I wanted to be like that when I grew up. And I didn't know exactly you know, what that was, but I thought they were beautiful. And um, it just kind of evolved into, uh, once I discovered porn in high school, uh, that's when I started watching it. And I thought, how cool would it be to have this as a job? Like, to do something that's so fun and make a living off of it. And uh, I, I kind of tossed the idea around a few times. And I just never could to bring, could bring myself to, to make that a really big decision. I mean, once it's out there, it's out there forever. Mm -hmm. and, Especially um, nowadays with the internet. I know. <laughs> and, and I'm sure now it's, you know, in, in space floating out there. <laughs> exactly. But, You've got uh, astronauts jacking off to you, Annika. I hope I have aliens with lots of tentacles jacking off to me. <laughs> Hopefully they'll, they'll receive mm. this message and come and find me because that's an ultimate fantasy of mine, actually. <laughs> we just learned something about Annika Albright tonight, folks. She enjoys tentacle porn. <laughs> yes. Yes, hentai porn is a very, very big phase of mine. So, um, yeah, it took me a few years to finally, finally get into it. And I just came to a point in life I had gotten out of a really long-term relationship and I was making some changes in my life and I thought, you know what, now I think would be a good time to do something extreme just to shake up my life and, and really just kind of kick myself out of out of the black hole of the town I was living in and, and really do something different and put myself in a, in a different situation. So um, I talked to a friend of mine and he had some connections in the industry and he introduced me to my first agent. And it really happened so quickly. It was it was kind of like, yeah, I think I want to do this. I definitely want to do this. And then it went to, wow, this agency wants to take me. And then a couple of weeks later, I did my first scene. <laughs> Very nice. How long in total have you been in the adult industry? I would say I came in October 2011. So it's been almost four years. Yeah, a little over three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so let's talk about the first day on an official porn set. So, you know, you had thought about doing porn, you had watched porn, and now all of a sudden you're on set. What exactly was going on in your mind the first time that you were on set? Were you excited, nervous, scared, a mixture of everything? What was going on in your head that first day? I was excited and really nervous. Um, but it was it was a little bit easier for me than a typical, I guess, what you would think a typical porn set would be. 
Whereas the, the company I was shooting for, they actually didn't have the director shooting us or any cameraman shooting us. They basically just gave the male talent and myself a hand cam and said, okay, you guys are boyfriend and girlfriend today and you get distracted before you're supposed to go out to your, your date and you end up having sex and filming each other. And I was like, oh, this is really familiar because, you know, when I, before I got in the industry, I was always very out there and I love to film myself and take pictures of myself and my boyfriend having sex and you know amongst other things I, I was a little out there <laughs> sexuality wise so it just felt like you know it, it felt like home to me pretty much <laughs> so once we actually started the camera and and got into it it was really comfortable and I just remember leaving set that day thinking wow this is it this is so easy this is so much fun like I I don't know why I didn't do this earlier. <laughs> if someone would have pulled you aside that first day and would have said to you, in about three years, you are going to be one of the top women in the industry, winning three of the most prestigious awards in the game, what would you have said? I would have said, yeah, right, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Only really popular, famous people get stuff like that. Because I always looked at the Avian Awards or something, and, you know, it's like the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge deal. And the other porn awards are, are big as well, but Avian's is it's the Academy Awards of porn. It is the ultimate, um, you know, the ultimate dream for a girl to get Female Performer of the Year. And, um, you know, even before I got into the porn industry, I, I thought, you know, it'd be so cool to go see the Avian Awards, but it seems very unattainable to me. I didn't even realize we can go to the convention as a fan. I just thought, wow, you know, I wish I can go see that <laughs> and to be a part of it and to win such a huge award. Um, just really, really mind-blowing. I would have never thought I'd, I'd be here. Let's talk about your poor name. I always love asking this question because I'm a big believer in, you know, you got to pick the right name. A name in the adult industry is very important. You got to pick a name that's catchy, a name that's unique, and a name that the fans can associate with you. And I always love an alliterative name, and you certainly have one, Annika Albright. And yeah. I'm curious to know, how did you pick <laughs> your poor name? Well, you definitely got it right. Uh, the alliteration, I love alliteration um and it, it it's not something that I, I really it was weird i was going over a few names i wanted something that was kind of european sounding that i could connect with my european roots and i was trying to think of a last name that was unique because i'm i'm one for being unique and not having the same name as everybody else and so it's <laughs> um i think Really, just I, I decided to go with Annika because it was European and all bright because I'm always bright. I'm always trying to keep a positive outlook on, on life. I like it. I approve. I think you have a beautiful porn name. Thank you. You're welcome. I want to break a porn scene down with you. In a scene, what's your most favorite thing to do? Anal, vag, or oral? Uh, that's hard to pick just one. <laughs> Annika's guess, greedy. Uh, yeah, I like to do it all. <laughs> um, I want a scene where I can do all of it. I, I really don't like doing a scene where I can't incorporate 
oral or vag in in it. I mean, I don't do anal in all of my scenes, but um, when I do, I always want to incorporate vag in oral as well. So, I mean, I guess, I guess vag is the staple. Like, I I love vaginal sex, and um, but I mean, I if I could be greedy and have it all, I would always go for all three. <laughs> In a scene, what's your favorite position to do, and is it the same as your favorite position off-camera? Is your off-camera fade position the same as the one on-camera? Oh, gosh. You know, I have a couple fades, but one that I don't normally do at home um, is pile driver. I love pile driver. I don't know why I do it, don't do it at home as, as often as I would like to, but um, I think it's because we have... Um, I don't know, our bed is really soft and most of the time we're, you know, a normal couple. We have sex in our bed most of the time. And um I don't know, I love I love the feeling of being penetrated deep. And it's just such a it's almost like you're you're hopeless, you're pinned below the male talent, but he's giving such immense pleasure, it's almost unbearable. It's it's really hard to describe, but I love pile driver, and um, that's something I, I do at work, but I don't really do as often at, at home. And um, I'd also have to say cowgirl. I love cowgirl. That, that I do at home all the time. <laughs> and of course, we know how a scene ends with the pop shots. In a scene, where do you prefer yeah. the pop to land? I like it in my mouth. I love the taste and the smell of cum. So naturally, I always want to have it on or around my mouth <laughs> or in. Have you ever had a moment when a performer had funky spunk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's when you just spit it out and dribble all over your titties and make it look sexy with a big smile on your face. That's the thing is, no matter what, you always have to have a smile on your face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even if it's not the best tasting sometimes, but you know, you gotta make it look like it's it's the best thing in the world. See listeners, Annika's a professional, damn it. <laughs> How would you describe your fuck style? Hmm. I have so many different fuck styles. I'm kind of um I'm kind of pervy, like Personally and at work, I guess, I get really pervy, especially if it involves a girl. I love to um, to perv out on them, to grab them. Um, it's kind of like my foreplay before I, I really get into it. But um, I, I love to be sensual. Like, having sex, sensuality is a very important thing to me. And I, I just love a lot of touching and kissing. But sometimes, you know, the moment calls for something more intense. And I love to get fucked really hard. I love to to fuck my partner really hard. It's it's something um, <laughs> it's something that my agent always says. He says, "Beagle girls don't get fucked; they fuck back." And it definitely, you know, for me, especially when I'm performing in my scenes, I love to fuck back. I, it feels weird if I have to just like lay there and take it. It's really weird for me. I wanna break down a couple of the productions that you've been in recently and I want to sort of explore maybe some behind the scenes anecdotes of these incredible productions that you've done in the recent years and the first one that I want to explore with you is Evil Angels 
Voracious season two. Your scene with James mm-hmm. Dean. Yes. Can you share with the listeners maybe wanna... maybe an anecdote or something from uh, the filming of that production? I let's see. When was that? That was a couple years ago that we shot it. It was really intense. I think my favorite part of the scene was actually the dress-up factor and pretending to be a vampire. Um, I've always had a fascination, and and I guess you would say like a sexual fascination with vampires. And it was really, really awesome to actually play one and have this crazy, hardcore, very, very aggressive sex scene with James. But it was so hot. And I remember in the end, he um, he came on on my on my veil. I had a, this black veil on my face. And in the movie, you know, a semen actually turns a vampire, paralyzes them temporarily. And so. With the semen on my face, it was just, I was in this uncontrollable lust. And I love the smell of the semen. I was rubbing it all over myself. And that's when, you know, he kills me and after the scene because uh, he paralyzed me. And that was his whole, his whole plot to, to kill me. It was to fuck me really good and paralyze me. <laughs> that's too funny. Another production that I want to sort of just get your take on and any sort of behind-the-scenes scoop is Wicked Pictures' is Sleeping Beauty XXX, an Axel Braun parody. You have two scenes, and you're paired up uh, in one with Stormy Daniels, and uh, the other one is with Michael Vegas. Yes, that's actually one of my favorite movies that I've done. Um, Sleeping Beauty is my favorite Disney movie when I was growing up, so... Again, it was like, you know, being in porn, you get to bring so many of your, your favorite fantasies to life. And it was such a, an honor to be Sleeping Beauty. And Stormy played the Wicked Witch. And mm-hmm. she was so good at it. But it was the first time I've worked with her. And I remember during the scene, she basically puts me in a dreamlike state and hypnotizes me to be this really slutty girl and and that's how she seduces me to fall under her you know her evil wiles and it was a pretty pretty hot scene we had to keep our clothes on for the scene but um there was definitely some ass eating and lots of burying my face in her beautiful dress and i think it was uh, it wasn't very sensual or intimate but it was definitely really wild and and hot and stormy is very beautiful so I, I i loved working with her and then um i did a scene with michael vegas he was the prince and i've worked with him a few times before but um you know every time has been a blast with him he's such a funny guy and in this scene he wakes me up with a kiss and it's kind of funny because you think you know he woke her up they need to get the fuck out of the castle and get away from the evil queen or the you know wicked witch, but instead we have sex because that's just what happens in the porn. Exactly. <laughs> and um, you know, again, we had to keep our clothes on, which is so silly. <laughs> but um, yeah, because it's, it's, it there were really these sort of elaborate, like period type of costumes. Yeah, yeah, the period pieces were really, really fun. I I love dressing up. 
in features or, you know, any any kind of opportunity that I have to dress up. So, yeah, that was definitely a blast to to put ourselves in that period and, and for me to play Sleeping Beauty. Another production that I want to talk to you about is Digital Playgrounds Apocalypse X, where you're in a scene with this uh, talented, promising up-and-comer by the name of Mick Blue. I don't know if you've heard of him. <laughs> uh, I think I've heard of that name. It sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a fun scene. Um, so we basically are this couple in this post-apocalyptic wasteland. And we're driving around, and we find this place to fuck. And, oh my god, I remember that it was such a crazy hot day. But um, the outfits they had us wear, <laughs> I don't even, it's so hard to describe. Basically post-apocalyptic. Exactly, So if you think of yeah. that, and theme Mad and Max. all that. Mad Max, exactly. Yeah. So it was really cool. We got to fuck around, you know, like really cool cars. And um, I had some knives and I think he had a gun or maybe I had the gun and he had knives. I don't know. Either way, it was a really fun, really fun scene. And we got to do it outdoors and kind of like the stall area. So, um, yeah, and it wasn't, we weren't a huge part of that movie, but I'm really happy that they paired us together because. Mick is actually my favorite person to work with. <laughs> so any opportunity I have to work with him, I'm very excited. My favorite day at work. <laughs> Another production that I want to discuss with you is Zero Tolerances. Mick Blue is one lucky bastard. And the reason I want to discuss this one is because not only is it is it a fantastic reverse gangbang that Mick Blue is taking part in, you yourself identify as bisexual. So not only do you get Mick Blue, your husband, but you get to play with these other beautiful, talented women as well in this uh, reverse gangbang. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun scene. I actually, I really hope we can do another one soon. Um, there was something we thought about doing for a while and talked about it. And once they gave us the go ahead, we were like, okay, let's do this. So Mick and I planned out the cast of girls and, um, we, you know, all the girls, like, are the girls that I had never worked with before or had worked with and just loved having sex with them. And, you know, we all wanted the girls to be, I think they were all Performer of the Year nominees. So we thought that would be really cool to have, like, all the top performers in, in the scene with us. And it was such an awesome scene. Like, I... I was having sex after the scene finished <laughs> like Carter and I were fucking and then you know then we did the prop shot and after the prop shot I was like I'm not done having sex with Carter so I pinned her against the wall and I was still going at it with her after the scene um, it was it was a really really fantastic scene definitely one of my favorites and the fact that I got to share that with Mick it was just it was very special and it was kind of our Christmas gift to each other because, you know, he got to have sex with these beautiful women and myself. And I had to, had, you know, got to share him with all these beautiful women. So it was, it was a really, really fun day. Another production that I want to talk about is actually two productions. 
Onika and Onika 2, which were released by Hard X, and these were kind of like, for lack of a better word, uh, I, th I believe the proper term is like showcase titles, where yeah. you're the featured performer, you're in every scene, you have you know beautiful images on the cover. It's all about Onika, and uh, the unique thing about uh, these two showcase titles are that they each won three AVN awards for the first one won for best anal sex scene, best tease and best three way boy boy girl scene and then uh, the second one won best all girl group sex scene, best DP and best solo tease performance. So what was it like getting mm. not one but two titles that are all about you and of course winning those uh, fantastic awards for each title? Oh wow. Um, it was definitely a dream come true. I always thought it would be really neat to have a showcase. And I loved, um, you know, when I first started in the industry, Mason was directing over Elegant Angel. And we had talked about doing, possibly doing a showcase, maybe another Butlin, um, or something that was, you know, not Butlin, but, you know, all about myself and my personality. And so, you know, we were thinking about the ideas, and then she changed companies since she started working. She started directing at Hard X. And it was actually really special because, you know, I've always had a good relationship with Mason. And when Hard X, you know, when they, when they became a company, they didn't really announce it. You know, they, they were very secretive about it first because they wanted to have something big to, to open the company up. And they asked me if I would, if I would be, you know, their girl to do a showcase movie on and they would use my showcase movie to basically open up the company. And I thought that was really incredible. Like it was just so amazing when, when Mason called me and said, yeah, you know, I'm doing this, you know, I'm starting to direct for this new company. I can't say, you know, what the name is yet or anything, but we really want to, we want to open it up with you. And I thought that was such an amazing, such an amazing thing that, that she thought of me and, and wanted me to be that girl. So we, we did the first movie together, and I did my first anal scene with Nick in it. And it was definitely one of the best scenes I've done in my career. I, I loved it so much. And it was all anal, and it was nonstop for, I think they had to cut the scene down to like 40-something minutes, but it was over an hour long. It was crazy. And um, that... It was actually, uh, you know, this, this movie about me, it won Best Anal. And it was crazy because that was my only anal scene I had, had done at that time. But I guess, you know, because of the connection with Mick and myself, people really loved that because it shows, it shows our love and our passion with each other. And it was just so incredible. And then the following year, last year, in 2014, Mason and I had talked about the possibility of doing a sequel to Annika. And she's like, well, you know, you're going to have to do a DP. You know that, right? And I was like, yes, finally, I can do a DP. <laughs> I was just waiting for the opportunity. And, um, and so then we also decided that I would do my first IR anal. And that was pretty crazy because I did my first IR anal with Mandingo. And, yeah. You know, there was you're a very brave woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always loved working with Mandingo. He's such a sweetheart. And I thought, you know, if I want to do IR anal, why just do IR anal? Like, I want to I wanna do the biggest, you know. And to me, 
Manzico is the biggest. And so it was a pretty crazy scene. There were some, some moments during it where I was like, holy shit, I've never been <laughs> penetrated this deep before. I don't know if I'm going to survive. <laughs> but, you know, it was a lot of fun. And... Um, it was it was pretty pretty awesome that I feel I feel very accomplished that I <laughs> that I took on Mandingo for my first IR as you um, should. And that was the first time I ever had sex with a black uh, anal sex with a with a black man as well. So it was it was very special. And then of course uh, my DP scene. I wanted Nick to be a part of that, and it I don't know like this probably my favorite ultimate favorite sex scene. Um, for my whole career because it was the first time he had ever shared me with another male. And we'd never even done a boy-boy-girl scene together. And when I told him I wanted him to be my DP, you know, we had lots of conversations about it because it was just very new to us to to think on that level. And um, he, you know, we discussed men that are great performers that work well with him for DPs and also that I feel comfortable with. And so we decided to go with Eric because Eric and I have always had great chemistry and him and Eric do great together when they do DPs. And they're, they're really like, it's such great teamwork. So, um, so yeah, I ended up doing my DP with Eric Everhard and Nick Blue and it was, incredible I don't even know how to describe it except I, I've said this before but I, I seriously feel like everybody needs to be DP'd or at least every woman <laughs> like every everybody in the whole world needs to be DP'd because it is such an amazing feeling that I, I don't think there would be any cause for for violence after that everybody would just be like oh my god I'm so happy and it would bring about world peace. <laughs> um, it was just, it was such an intense, amazing, just emotionally filled scene. And it really brought Mick and I closer together as well, because it was, you know, it was the first time we ever did something like that together. And it was so special. And that ended up also winning award for best VP at this year's VPN. So it was like, wow, just, you know, to win female performance year ADN. And then, Best DP, which I won with Mick as uh, as well. Like I won with uh, Best Anal with him last year, and then Best DP with him this year. It was just like, oh my god, this is it's like a cherry on top. <laughs> I believe it. As I told Mick during part one of my one-on-one -on -one interview with him, your scenes together they're electric. I mean, you guys are incredible performers in and of you know yourselves, but pairing both of you together, it, it just like both of you up each other's game incredibly and you guys are <laughs> phenomenal together. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we You're definitely welcome. encourage each other to, to always, you know, be the best. So I'm, I'm so glad that shows. <laughs> it does 100%. That's wonderful to, to hear that. I'm glad that it, <laughs> it comes across as that because it's something I always, um, whenever he goes to work, I always tell him, you know, like have a good day and be the best you can and and he does the same with me and it's just you know i think that's that's part of having a healthy great relationship that's encouraging each other in your lives no matter what you're doing you always want the best for your partner 
I like that. Another set of productions that I want to discuss with you is your work with kink.com. You've done a bunch of scenes with them for some of their websites, including everything but Electro Sluts, Fucking Machines, The Upper Floor, Dungeon Sex. We also have uh, Foot Worship, The Training of O, Public Disgrace, uh, and I think those are all the ones that you've been on. So, I'm kind of curious to ask you, are you enjoying getting the chance to play with fetishes and in the world of fetishes on film? Absolutely. Um, I'd say that when I first got in the industry, I was I definitely had not been exposed to any of it before. I had played around with like light bondage with ex-boyfriends in the past, but um, you know, nothing nothing on that level. And I was open to everything. And it was kind of a learning experience. I've, I've done so many themes for kink that I've come to realize, you know, now the things that I like and the things that I don't like. I love electric play. I absolutely love it. Nick and I actually have our own Violet Wand kit at home and a PES kit. And we'll play with that sometimes. So, um, you know, and then with bondage, I really love to be tied up and also to tie my partner up. So, you know, that, that kind of stuff really does excite me. And, um, and I also learned in the process from becoming, you know, being a slave and also playing with dominance as well, that I'm a, I'm a switch. I, I enjoy the sensual side of being a slave. And um, I also enjoy doming. So I probably actually enjoy doming a little bit more than, than being a slave. But um, it's a lot of fun to role play and do that stuff. Right now, I want to head under the covers with Annika Albright and talk about what really goes on on set. And the first thing that I want to ask you about just being on set and performing on set in the scenes is how often do you actually come in a scene when you're on set? Well, I try to come as many times as I can. I try to get off at least once, but um, sometimes it happens a lot more. Sometimes it doesn't happen at all, but <laughs> my goal is to at least enjoy it and leave with a smile on my face. So, um, really, I, I don't really have a standard number of times I come per scene. I just, if I can do it, I try to, and if it doesn't, I just have a good time and enjoy myself. What's the most awkward thing about having sex on camera? Uh, I guess the insecurities like um the insecurity like when I do anal sex the the awkward thing for me is you know what if what if I'm not clean you know because there there could be times where you know it's clean at the beginning but there's always a possibility you know the the number one thing that that your butt is is for is you know for well, you know, so um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's always in the back of my mind, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, if I push really hard because they want me to gape, what if something happens? <laughs> so, I, guess, I mean, to me, having sex on camera is not really that awkward. I, I love having sex on camera. I, I love having sex in public places, um, even, you know, if there's a crowd watching. But for me, the awkwardness is if something happens that I wasn't, you know, wasn't expected, 
and uh, just kind of worried about that. So I guess that's, for me, what's awkward. You've done a lot of incredible work in reverse gangbangs and in orgies. What's the most number of men and or women that you've had sex with at one time in a scene? Well, um, I've never done a gangbang where it involved me getting gangbanged by men, but I've been gangbanged by women, and I think that was six, five girls, maybe? Five? I think five girls gangbanged me, where I was basically just the, the, sex, the sex toy, and they did whatever they wanted with me and to me. And that was really awesome. I've uh, never, never experienced that before, of course, in my personal life. So it was, um, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty uh, fun having having all these girls just take advantage of me. And then the most, I've actually done an orgy with girls where it was ten of us, and that was the most that I've ever had sex with. You know, we were just, I don't even know, like. We went from one hole to the next, to a dress, to a face. It was just kind of, it was a whole clusterfuck. It was a lot of fun. That, was, that one was for digital playground. And the one where I was gangbanged by women, it was for, I think that was for double films. It was the, um, the seduction of Annika Albright. And then I did, I think the most number of guys I've had sex with has been two. So I'm still, still is on my bucket list to get gangbanged by guys. Not bad. Certainly something for the listeners and your fans out there to look <laughs> forward to. Yeah. Right now, I want to slightly switch up the tone of the interview and talk about some of the serious issues in the industry. And the first thing that I want to discuss with you is uh, condoms. It's time for the great condom debate. What's your opinion on whether condoms should or should not be used in adult productions? Well, first of all, I have no problem with condoms. Um, personally, for me, I have latex allergies, which I developed after coming into the industry, and um, and it, it you know it can cause irritation, it can cause micro tears. Um, you know, if you have a an allergy to latex condoms, and then that can really damage things. You know, it can it can definitely get in the way of work, where you you have to take time off of work until that that's healed. Um, and so, you know, fortunately they have other kinds of condoms, but, um, you know, it's, I, I feel like to mandate condom use is really the wrong way to go. It's, uh, you know, we're an adult industry, we have sex for a living and we get tested every two weeks. And for me, I, I wouldn't feel safer outside of the industry. I actually would feel less safe having sex with somebody I just met at a bar or, you know, a complete civilian. Um, I feel like with the condoms, the condom law, it's, it's, a, it's a weird law. It's, technically, we're supposed to be using condoms during our sex scene, but most companies still don't do that. They're not, there's nobody sitting there forcing them to do it. And there's companies like Wicked where that's that's the only thing you can use, and I think that's great. But um, I really don't think you should force people industry wide to use something that you know could actually be harmful to them, or it's you know it just really comes down to human rights, is what it is. 
I like that answer. Very good answer. Thank you. You're welcome. In your opinion, is there any competition among female performers in the adult industry? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, not just female, but male performance as well. It's kind of, I, I feel like there's so many different niches in our industry that really any, every girl could, could fall. And it's, it's sad when you see girls who are competing against each other, especially. It's, it's kind of funny, actually, when you see them doing it in public, like on Twitter and <laughs> social media. Um, because that's, you know, one of the big things about being in the spotlight is that's one of the things you don't do. You know, you really shouldn't, you know, if you have any personal issues, you don't, you don't address them publicly with other people <laughs> over social media. But, um, you know, it's, it also kind of sucks because coming into the industry, it's, uh, it's a very, I don't know, for me, I was very naive coming in. And every girl I spoke with, I was just so open to them, like, oh, please tell me everything about you and, and this industry. And um, it, it's, it's very easy to be manipulated by other girls or, you know, for girls to pretend to be your friends until you become big enough where you start posing as a threat or they see you pose as a threat and they'll turn on you. And... I don't think I really haven't had that kind of situation or experience, but it's out there. And I think it's more, you're more accessible to, to be criticized by other girls because they feel competition with you. Um, if you really, if you're out there more, like if, if you go to lots of the industry parties or you just hang out with a lot of industry people, it tends to cause more reasons for people to spread rumors. So I, I tend to keep to myself. Mick and I are, are pretty much homebodies. We have a few close friends in the industry, but we like to separate ourselves just, you know, because it can cause issues with other people. If they, if they want to befriend you and then all of a sudden something happens in their mind and they want to go off on a crazy tangent. So it's just safer to, to stay distant because, yeah, competition is very, very prevalent in this industry. Are there any misconceptions or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? Hmm. Well, number one, um, it is definitely our choice. We are not forced to do anything by anybody. We have the option to turn down a shoot if we're not comfortable with it. And, you know, we, we set our own, we set our own, own guidelines. And um, I, I know that's a very commonly misconstrued belief that, you know, we have agents or pimps or whoever, you know, out there saying you have to do this or else. And um, that was kind of an issue I, I dealt with with my personal life and my family. Um, my mom is great, but my dad's side of the family at first was a little bit worried that it was something that's been forced me <laughs> Because of what the media said. And I said, no, no, I came into this willingly and I'm doing everything on my own accord. So, you know, it, it cleared up a lot for my family. And, and, you know, thank God they're, you know, they're more accepting of it now. But it's definitely something people need to know that the girls genuinely love sex. A lot of these girls come into the industry because they want to have sex, because they want to explore their, their kinky side. They have fantasies that they've always thought about but never had a chance to do. And 
we just want to we just want to live life and enjoy it. So that's one thing that I want to clear up with people. And also, we're very healthy. As I mentioned before, we get tested every two weeks. So if something happens where somebody comes up positive for, say, gonorrhea, for instance, they don't work. They have to stop work for a week, take the medicine, and then get tested again before they can even come back to work again. And once their test clears up, they're back at work. But we have the best methods. Like our HIV testing, we use the PCR method. So it's actually not a lot of... um, I'm not too familiar. I haven't been tested. I used to test at Planned Parenthood before I got into the industry. And I remember when I tested for HIV, I would go in, I'd get tested every three, six months, and it would take weeks before I got results back. And with our industry, they have the top of the line testing. And so the next day we already have our results. So it's a very, very safe industry. I feel very safe doing what I do. And, you know, like everybody, we just take our precautions. Let's move away from the serious questions. And now it's time for pillow talk. I want to talk candidly with Annika Albright about sex and sexuality. And the first thing that I want to discuss in this set of questions is romance. You are married to Mick Blue, fellow performer, Mm -hmm. veteran performer in the industry, as we've mentioned a couple times throughout the interview. I want to talk about... How you two met. Can you share with the listeners your meets cute? Had you guys performed together first? Did you guys meet before you performed together? Was it love at first sight? Was it lust at first sight? What went on during that first meetup? Um, well, the first time I ever saw him was at the airport. We were both flying up to San Francisco. We were going to shoot for kink. For a separate website, she was going to work for, um, I think she was working for everything but that day. And it was my first time actually flying up to Kink. And I was going to work for Fucking Machine. And he spotted me right off the bat because of what I was wearing. <laughs> I was only, I think I'd only been in the industry two or three months at that time. So I didn't realize that most of the porn girls, when they fly to Kink, Normally, go in their pajamas or sweatpants or leggings, like, and I wanted to dress to impress. So I had on red velvet high heels, skinny jeans, like black leather jacket, and I, <laughs> I guess I caught his attention. I stood out like a sore thumb to him, and so he introduced himself to me. He asked if I was in the industry, and I said yes. I knew. So we talked a little bit, but it wasn't really. I wasn't interested in him um, because he's very. He was kind of distant. I later learned that he had a girlfriend at that time. So he always keeps himself at a distance to, uh, you know, have respect for his partners. And so for me, you know, when a guy doesn't seem interested in me, I'm, I'm really like, okay, whatever. And I'm too old to, to play the, you know, the chasing game. Like if a guy doesn't show interest, whatever. I can find somebody else. And so it was just, you know, we had a nice conversation. And then a few months later, we worked together for Elegant Angels, Massive Asses. It was actually Mason shot that one. So she she was the first person to, to direct us having sex together on camera. And it was a really great scene. But I remember after the scene, he had to shoot for another company. So he was rushing out of there to go do another shoot. And again, like, 
it was nice scene, but he didn't really stay and flirt with me or anything. So I felt like, okay, whatever. Like, this guy's <laughs> great, but obviously he's not into me. And then he shot me after that for his company, for zero uh, tolerance. Well, pause for a and, second. Um, was there interest yeah. in your part? Well, no, there was no interest. Okay. I mean, there was a physical attraction mm-hmm. and a sexual attraction, but there was no, like, I want to pursue anything with this person because he obviously didn't seem interested in me. <laughs> I later found out he was really excited to work with me when Mason booked us together. And he actually normally doesn't do two scenes in one day, but he really wanted to work with me. So he took the booking. And, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it wasn't until he shot me when he was shooting me for, uh, for Zero Tolerance that I got to talk with him. And I found out we had similar interests. And I met his girlfriend at the time. And it was kind of weird because she was downstairs while we were upstairs during the scene. And um, I, I remember thinking that was kind of like, oh, I, that's kind of odd, but okay. But it was such a hot scene. It was like, at, at that time, it was the best sex scene I had done with him. And I remember thinking, man, it sucks he has a girlfriend. I really would love to pursue something with him. Like now that I, I got a chance to talk to him, finally, it was the first time that I met him, or that I'd seen him, that we had actually talked to each other and, you know, our interests and really gotten to know each other a little bit more. And uh, when I left his house after the scene, he said, make sure you say goodbye to my girlfriend. And I thought, that's so cool. You know, I don't know any guy, whether they're in the industry or not, who would say something like that. It was just a really chival, you know, it was pure chivalry. And I thought, no, she will like a girl. I hope she knows what she has. Well, you know, I guess at the end of the, that year, they had split up. And unbeknownst to me, we did a scene together. Worked out great. Nothing came out of it after that because he still wasn't um, publicly broken up with her yet. And then we ran into each other even a month later in January 2013. And that was, that was in Sparks Blue. And I remember seeing him on the floor. I was actually going to speak with Manuel and Manuel was talking to somebody and the guy she was talking to turned around and it was Mick and I was like, oh, hey, Mick. And he was like, oh, my God, before he could even finish saying my name, his tongue was already down my throat. Damn. <laughs> it was like sparks just flew everywhere. I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? And he, uh, after he pulled away and, and, and you know, we had, had that kiss, I was like, wow, I had no idea your girlfriend was okay with you, you know, was open with you like this. And he was like, oh, no, no, I've, I've been single now for a few months. I was like, oh, well, in that case, I'm on my break, and I'm going to get lunch. you want to join me? <laughs> so after that, it, we've basically been inseparable. We started dating, and we fell, we fell in love really hard. And, um, like, we would stay up until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, just, talking and it was like 20 questions every day every night just talking 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 and getting to know each other and um i really think that that's part of the reason why we're so close and, and i feel like our relationship is so successful because whether it was good or bad or whatever we would talk about everything and just get it out there on the table and we've always been very very open with communication it's, it's a very important thing to us that's beyond adorable. It's like a, a freaking <laughs> triple X romantic comedy. 
Well, it was kind of funny because after dating him for a month, I just knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with this person. And I've been in relationships with somebody for five years, you know, before that. And even, you know, even longer. So it was, for somebody who's, who's dated lots of people, you know, and been in monogamous relationships like I have, I never felt like that with anybody else until I, until I started dating Nick. And um, it was just, it was like this overwhelming desire to spend the rest of my life with this person because we just clicked on all levels and I didn't want to ever spend any day without him after that. And, um, and I mean, it was, it was very fast, but three years or three months after we started dating, he proposed to me that I just feel like, you know, it's, it's the right relationship and it just, everything happens for a reason. And, um, so yeah, we've been inseparable ever since. <laughs> now we're married. Very nice. I'm a big sap when it comes to romance, so it's really nice to hear when people are in love. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Annika Albright. Oh, well, um, aside from the tentacle thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's like the late-breaking news right there. <laughs> um, gosh. Uh, I guess I'm a very quirky person. Um, I feel like I'm, a lot of people know my quirks. Um, I don't know. I have a very odd twisted sense of humor. Um, I'm the person when somebody dies, I have the awkward laugh in the room. Oh, um, no. Not that I think it's funny, but because it's so awkward that I'm, you know, I'm laughing because it's just, you know, a shocker. I, That's I'm too very funny. Odd. <laughs> there's this, I don't um, know if Riley, you've ever seen this series, but there's a British series called Coupling. And the whole episode was leading up to basically a scene like that. One of the characters is at a funeral and she just busts out laughing. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. <laughs> I'd be laughing and then I'd break into crying. It would be really embarrassing. <laughs> but um, like uh, you know Riley Reed, um, mm -hmm. she and I are best friends. She's actually the best friend in the whole entire world I've ever had. And she <laughs> she tells me that um, I have a very morbid sense of humor and that she admires my twisted sense of humor. Um, I don't even, I can't even recall what I say. I guess it's just, you know, stuff, I'll make comments or I'll say stuff that's really kind of fucked up, like sexual stuff that I would do. And she's like, wow, you're so twisted. I love that. <laughs> that's too funny. Um, so, yeah, I just, uh, like, I was actually talking about it on set today with, with Mick and Jade Nile. And he was shooting her and, and we were talking about furries. And I think it would be so awesome to have sex in a furry costume like i totally want to do a whole movie based off of furry furry porn just everybody dressed up as as furries and having sex with each other and i don't even know if that's i mean because you're pretending to be an animal you're dressed like an animal i don't know if like where the legalities are with that but if it's possible i'm going to do it i'm going to make a movie where i dress up as a wolf or whatever and have sex with somebody else dressed up as another animal. <laughs> and you know what? Not to be funny, but I mean, you should. I mean, I don't think there's anything like that out there. And that fetish is incredibly yeah. popular. Like, people are really into it. You can make bank oh, off of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, people make, 
make money off of the most interesting stuff out there. Yes. <laughs> like, I've seen a lot of stuff on clips for sale that is just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can get into <laughs> clips for sale and you you could be traumatized for the rest of your life by seeing <laughs> yeah. some of the stuff. But hey, oh, yes. there's a fetish for everyone and uh, everyone for a fetish, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, tentacle porn. Um, I still fantasize about, I want to shoot a scene where I am basically tied up and molested by a bunch of tentacles and then just repeatedly having all my holes filled with tentacles. I think that would be amazing. I agree. That sounds fascinating. <laughs> Describe yourself in 10 words or less. Um, 10 words or less. Okay. I would say um, free spirit, kind, genuine, quirky, I guess. <laughs> um, adventurous. Uh, loving, intelligent, um, fun. I don't know. That's that's eight. <laughs> oh, sensual. So nine, and kinky ten. There, ten. Nice. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of five pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow your listeners and your fans out there tuning in right now to get to know some of your favorites. So the first one is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Oh my god. Um, Game of Thrones. I'm watching a show right now called Vikings. I love the period piece. I just love that stuff. Uh, so Game of Thrones, Vikings, and Vampire Diaries, The Originals, and Dexter. Good choices. If you like a good period piece, and since you mentioned Vampire Diaries, I'm assuming you approve of, of like horror-themed, uh, gothic type of uh, programming, you should check out Showtime's Penny Dreadful. Oh, actually, yes. I've seen that show. It's a great show. It's very good. It's really uh, great, yeah. Yeah, I actually, it's funny because I'm not into, like, the horror, super bloody um, suspense thrillers type of stuff. I like more of, like, the old-fashioned type of, um, you know, like, vampires, werewolves, the romantic side of, mm -hmm. of horror. Um, I, there's a scene in Penny Dreadful where Frankenstein's uh, beast, or his son, he gets ripped in half and that was that yeah. was actually had left quite an impression on me i didn't know if i could finish watching the show after that it took me a few weeks before i could revisit it and go back and watch the other episodes yeah that was intense <laughs> yeah very surprising moment for everyone including frankenstein's um, monster <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah yeah who are four of your all-time favorite music artists um Pink Floyd. I grew up listening to them. Love them. Um, the Beatles. So I guess a little classic, classic era. And um, gosh, I, I have so many that I, I really enjoy listening to. Do I have to name four? We, I'll let Annika Albright cheat. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to cheat a little bit. Uh, I love 
Amadeus Mozart. Absolutely love him. I named my cat after him. Um, well, his middle name is Amadeus. And I love also uh, electronic dance music. Right now, Robin Schultz, Robert Schultz is my favorite. And um, I'm also a fan of uh, <laughs> like kind of like old, uh, I don't know what you would call them. Um, no, I can't think of the name. Darn it. I suck at this. Uh, Foyer Fry. They're that that German band from Triple X. They that's when everybody first heard them. Mm-hmm. I can't remember their name. I was just having a conversation about them and how I wish I could have seen them in concert when they're still together. Uh, I don't know. It'll come to me. But yeah, them. And then I love I love Adele. I love her voice. I think it's so haunting and beautiful. So um, yeah, those are a few of my of my favorites. Rammstein. Correct, yes. <laughs> what are three of your most favorite films? Um, I don't really have favorite films. I have films that I were favorites at the time that I watched them. But I guess I would say one of them would be Mick Blue is One Lucky Bastard. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, I would say the island. I thought that was, you know, at the time I really enjoyed it. And what did I see recently that I really? Oh, Interstellar. That that movie was amazing, just absolutely incredible. And also Nymphomaniac. I saw that recently. It was quite interesting, <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> what two foods you can't live without? Uh, lasagna and sushi. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Ice cream. What's your favorite flavor? Mmm, <laughs> cake butter ice cream. I like to have it with almonds and and uh, marshmallows. Kind of like a Rocky Road but with mm-hmm. cake butter. Annika is fancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's kind of scary. I actually bought a gallon of that for the first time. I was like I want this so badly and I deserve it. I'm going to go out and get a gallon. Not that I ate it all in one night but um, <laughs> anyways I went and bought it and it's it's like almost $18 for a gallon of Cold Stone ice cream. It's kind of, it's really ridiculously expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's because so, I guess they make it there and I guess they feel entitled to <laughs> charge more <laughs> a premium rate. Yeah, wow. I mean, I knew they were expensive, but I wasn't expecting that. So, anyways, needless to say, um, yeah, I, I love Cold Stone, but I, I like the occasional, you know, Rocky Road or coffee ice cream here and there, too. <laughs> what's next for Annika Albright? What's coming up in the summer and beyond that the listeners and your fans can anticipate and look forward to? Well, um, I have actually a few really big things coming up in the works. I can't say what they are, unfortunately. At the moment, I, I'm not allowed to say anything, but I can say that um, I'm going to be changing my career a little bit and 
taking a little bit of a directorial approach. Ooh. I'm not leaving performing, but I might be directing very soon. And um, also, I'm, I have a pretty big movie in, in the works as well in the future, this year of this of the future. So, yeah. <laughs> very vague, but very exciting. <laughs> yeah. I approve, though. I approve. Uh, so, how can the <laughs> listeners reach you? How can your fans reach you? Social networking, all of the goodies. My fans can find me all over Twitter. I can be found at Annika Albright. That's A N I K K A A L B R I T E. Or Instagram. I can be found at A Lot of Bright Smiles and Bright spelled B R I T E. Or you can find me on Facebook, and that's Facebook slash uh, Team Annika Albright. But mostly, I do most of my, my posts, I think, on Instagram or, or Twitter. That's where I'm at most of the time. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters? Well, I just want to say thank you so much for enjoying all my stuff. It's been an incredible ride, and I'm just so happy to, to be where I'm at, and I wouldn't be where I'm at without all my fans. So I just want to send out a huge, huge thank you to them, and please keep enjoying my stuff. For, you know, for the years to come, I'm not going anywhere. So, thank you. <laughs> well, Annika, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. You were fantastic. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. And certainly the door is open for more. Whenever you want to come back, whenever you want to announce to your fans something big or you want to talk about some of the amazing projects that you've done, uh, the door is open. We'd love to have you back on. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning in to In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of In Bed with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. Annika Albright and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Sleep tight. Thanks for listening to In Bed with Bobby Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular female performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.